Joining us uh, in the studio is Northfield's Mayor Rhonda Pownell and City Administrator Ben Martig. Good, Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you both for coming in today. And I'm looking for some tulips and some daffodils to like <laughs> grace the middle of your table here. Come on, Jeff. What's the deal? It's springtime. Yeah, I know we should have something, but hey, uh, we'll have a. Oh, half a foot of snow <laughs> to come in tomorrow. Is no. it? Uh, yeah, don't put those plows away yet. Oh, my goodness. Uh, we might have quite a bit more to come. It's just a hoax. It's not going to yeah. happen. No, I think this one's real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it looks real, according to the, uh, the official people. You've got a busy month. Uh, of March. It's a lot of things going on. Uh, Let's start off with last night's council meeting. Um, And let's start off with the presentation that the police chief gave. Uh, Mark Elliott gave a uh, report on the police-assisted recovery and diversion. Uh, What what is that and uh, what do you have to say about it? Yeah, so I'll just go right off from uh, the information that Chief Elliott shared last night. It's a three-year grant administered by Rice County. It's really It's supporting current programs and expanding into some new programs, um, police diversion into treatment and away from the justice system. So primarily uh, focused on opioid response. They call it that comprehensive longitudinal effort addressing narcotic use proliferation. Holy cats. You think that they could have found a better acronym or anything. But um, really just uh, trying to help support those people that are having... um, addiction issues and providing some uh, different pathways so that we're not putting people right in jail when really what they need is some help. So whether treatment is an option or getting them a bed that they can go right into some um, assisted medication, assisted treatment or treatment and recovery resources, uh, chemical health assessments. So getting people connected with those type of resources versus just simply putting people in jail, which is really not where they belong. Are they seeing much in the way of good results yet? Uh, is this program, uh, you know, we've we've talked a lot about that, but putting everything into place that can really make a difference, it's easier said than done. Are they making some headway? Yeah, in fact, um, the work that the coalitions have been doing uh, in our community really have been innovators and adopted by the state related to implementing the rural response to uh, the opioid uh, challenges that we've had. And they they did share a graph that showed um, state of Minnesota continues to see dramatic increases in opioid deaths into 2021, whereas Rice County saw a dramatic decrease from 2020 to 2021. Again, data-driven kind of results about really saving lives. And uh, the, um, uh, I forget the, how to pronounce that again. Always oh, is it Narcone um, that they use to? Narcan. Or Narcan, excuse me. Um, has been one of the things getting that distributed out. But what they talked about last evening was that the, the grant um, that's leveraged with the opioid settlement funds of over uh, over 500000 about almost 600000 will leverage uh, tenfold for our community dollars with this grant uh, that, that Rice County received related to that settlement. And in year one, or the early years, they're going to be doing data analysis to determine what other new strategies are proven from, from facts and and data to um, drive uh, new new uh, uh, approaches to recovery and treatment for people and really getting them uh, out of addiction. So um, they don't have the answers to that. That's part of what the grant will do. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, once again, Mayor Pownell and City Administrator Mardiger with us. Let's move on to uh, what's on the regular agenda. We got a uh, presentation uh, from the DMV. Nor- Northfield, the city actually runs the Department of Motor Vehicles uh, office here in town. So the uh, those are actually city employees as opposed to state employees. Am I mm-hmm. am I correct there? Yeah. So that this is. Uh, The DMV really operates as a special revenue fund of the city and is really, it's not supported by the city levy. Um, And our office really offers uh, licensing tabs, driver's licenses, enhanced real IDs, titles, license plates, tabs. I said that already. Registration for boats, ATVs, snowmobiles. So it's really that service for folks. If they need to get any of those updated, they can go right down to City Hall. And it's just a, it's a, I don't know, kind of a customer service friendly Mm -hmm. so that people don't have to drive down to Faribault or up to Egan. It's right there within City Hall. So they did some analysis to see how it was functioning, uh, what were some areas that we needed to improve. And one of the things that came out of it uh, was some expanded hours outside of the normal like eight to four. Most people work eight to four and they don't have the ability to just bop over to City Hall. And so um, from the survey, they identified some different ways that they could expand uh, the hours of the DMV. So now they are staying open till 6 p.m. on Tuesdays, closing a little earlier on Fridays, um, and then opening at 7.30 daily. So kind of some, there's some expanded before work hours in addition to that later time frame on Tuesday to better meet uh, the needs of the community. All right. Uh, thank you very much for that report. That's I, it's good to have uh, the DMV here in town, and I've uh, I've not had any issues with it. It's just been yeah. a convenience thing for yeah. me, so it's a good thing. Yep. And we, I would, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Mayor. Can I just yeah. like I had to go in there earlier uh, this week too, and they were very friendly. Yes, very friendly. We're doing really just a great job with that, but they also take credit cards. Mm-hmm. Somebody was asking me that. To, I forgot my checkbook. Darn it! You know, do yeah, they take credit cards? Yeah. Yes, they do. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's available. Yeah, we did uh, get good results related to friendliness, and um, we do work within a system of the state that's pretty heavily regulated, and we don't have a lot of say as far as how the specifics uh, get done. But um, one of the areas that we're going to work on improvement and come do some surveying to see if we've succeeded in that is just decreasing some of the longer wait times. Overall, we see pretty quick transactions for people, but some of the more complex uh, transactions like real ID and things can take a little more time. The time, and because of that, more time. Some of the timing when we were doing the surveying too was happening when some there was a backlog due to some state issues. Mm-hmm. Um, so we also think by just resurveying at a certain time, we're going to see that look a lot better from the data to show that um, that we can get those wait uh, times down. Because most of it, we hope we can move the lines. We have already changed some things, like changing staff lunch schedules, so that when people's normal lunch, when you see increases happening, we're we're increasing our staff and not doing our lunches during those mm-hmm. times and doing crossovers. So it's always good to do a fresh look at things, and it was uh, good to have uh, Nuger uh, Communications help us out with our team. The next one, uh, next item on the agenda is, uh, for me, kind of a head-scratcher. It's one of those, what? Are we speaking English here? Consider a resolution of a negative declaration for the need of an environmental impact study in North uh, uh, for North and Cedar. A negative de- declaration. 
What's a negative declaration? What, what, what is this about? That's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it doesn't have a positive connotation, though. No, uh, the, the need for an environmental impact uh, statement for uh, that area, uh, which is uh, Cedar Avenue and, and North Avenue, uh, up on the uh, northern part of town in Dakota County. Uh, tell us about this, and what was the, uh, what was the resolution? I'll, I'll start off with some of the technical components. Maybe, <laughs> okay. The mayor can maybe cover some of the things that we're going to be thinking about with this project um, as, it's, as we're looking at uh, the development happening. This is in relation to a new housing development out by the east of the hospital, and um, I think it's over the full build-out. Was it over 500, maybe roughly, I think it was, uh, units that they'll have? It would be mixed-use, different types of development, some um, single-family, some uh, duplex, some um, uh, other uh, congregate type of facilities. But as part of that, because of the size of the project geographically, um, it requires what's called an environmental assessment worksheet. And so it's to determine environmental impacts related to a project, in this case a housing subdivision. Uh, it's a document that kind of lays out the facts um, about you know, what are the different environmental impacts. This area in particular is primarily a, a farm field. Um, there is some drainage areas, though, where we probably have some wetlands and things. So we've got to make sure that we protect those. This is state statutes really requiring this. Um, there's public notices, the Planning Commission and Environmental Quality Commission's reviewed it. And, um, you know, for the most part, the environmental issues are minimal. So it's a positive thing that there aren't maybe negatives with it. But what it typically would do too, is if there were issues, there's ways to identify what those are and mitigate them. So if there's a wetland, how are you making sure you're dealing with stormwater management? If there's contamination issues or if there's historical uh, Indian uh, burial mounds or something like that, like we don't deal with that a lot here, but how how do you like build around it or how do you mitigate some strategies with it? So basically the findings, the council's the authority to make that final determination of findings and they did take action. Maybe the mayor can talk a little bit about mm -hmm. some of the other issues we're thinking about that might not tie directly to the environmental impacts, but we're paying close attention mm -hmm. to on the mm -hmm. next, next phases. Yeah, and I think uh, this has come up previously, too, as it's um, been on the council's work session and really getting some feedback and input of what does this look like and how do we bring uh, what has primarily been an egg use and turn it into a high-density residential development with over, I think it was like 537 units and the number of people that would have the opportunity to now reside in our community. How do we ensure it's great if they can get to their homes and get into the community, but how do they do it uh, when it's bordered now with two roadways that are primarily rural? There's no pedestrian really accommodation, sidewalks, crossings, um, potential if families wanted to walk their kids to Greenville Elementary. How do they get there when there aren't sidewalks? Or um, even identified uh, crossings for kids to be able to get over to the park that's on the other side of Cedar Avenue. So really just looking if you're increasing density and the movement of people by car, bike or walking and jogging, you need to take into account some of those pedestrian safety accommodations and just really looking to see how we can bring that, connect that area of the community into the neighborhoods that also border it and make it safer. Now, a few weeks ago, we talked a little bit about uh, traffic diversion on, on Cedar <laughs> Avenue. And I'm presuming that would be some sort of bypass around that section. Is that is that in the cards? Uh, you know anything about that yet? 
uh, yeah, are, hopefully we know things about that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we. Uh, my memory's a little <laughs> fuzzy. Uh, that's part of our other environmental analysis that's okay. going on in the area. Certainly the realignment of cedar has been in the city's guiding documents for a while, and we're looking at that location specifically. This project won't be impacted by that road mm -hmm. realignment, but certainly as things more develop out there, it will be more likely that that get built. Potentially, if we have a project that comes forward, that could happen very quickly. Right now, it's in kind of a long-term plan for both Dakota and Rice County to basically realign and shift that over that roadway that uh, I currently call Cedar that the mayor was talking about will get turned over to the city at some point there through some negotiations between the two counties and then but we do also know that 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 design does create challenges related to kind of feeling connected to the community and safety purposes as development occurs around it so we really prefer more of the urban design if we can there is a cost to converting that and so probably doing it at the right time makes sense. So we don't have a specific date, Jeff. It could, it could range probably from three years from now to twenty years from now, I suppose. <laughs> I, uh, uh, related to that, it's kind of depends on the development that occurs. Once again, uh, Mayor Apodell and City Administrator Mardiger with us. You also had the uh, uh, consideration of authorization to initiate a request for proposals and RFP for the uh, water treatment plant project. Uh, in the grand scheme of things, what does that mean? Are we putting out, uh, are you soliciting bids for the new treatment plant already? Or? Yeah, last year the city council had a comprehensive report on the water treatment plant, and they gave direction to the staff to start acquiring uh, property and to also start the design process related to the water treatment facility. So that's another step in that process that we were directed to do and supported by the council. So. Project design uh, is going to take quite a bit of time. It's a major project, over $30 million. You know, I, we did talk kind of at the end of last year that we're excited that we got some federal dollars appropriated. Uh, we do have, or excuse me, federal dollars approved for the project, but we have to go through the appropriation process. So it's not guaranteed money at this point. There's a long ways to go. Um, Justin Wagner, uh, our uh, manager of our utilities did talk about the um, that we've got three different federal grant programs I think he mentioned last night that we're going after to try and get those monies appropriated from what we were approved for um, but um, uh, they'll be going forward and seeking uh, designers of that again it'd be really a modern treatment facility to take care of some of the um, water problems that we have particularly manganese that can be um, harmful to um, uh, pregnant women and, uh, and young infants and um, people can, again, treat that with reverse osmosis systems personally, but we know a lot of people might, you have to constantly educate people, and we also know there could be a cost barrier for people. So this is uh, a plant that will improve that and then uh, take care of those contaminant issues, and then also will soften water, which will be a side benefit for people where it might really limit or maybe in some cases not even need to do softened water in the future with that. So they'll be coming back to the council in April. Um, for kind of the next steps of that, but we're just highlighting that this is a major project coming. Uh, be aware, and um, more information will be coming uh, on this project uh, in the coming months. We're just about out of time, but I want to do uh, have uh, we do have the opportunity to highlight a couple of uh, events that are coming up uh, that the public has certainly can attend. I start off with the open house. You've uh, you've had some open houses on what's going on downtown, and those things are uh, uh, will be continuing. Yeah, and so we have a couple, um, it says Wednesday, March 15th at the Northfield Public Library, 530 to 730, on the uh, development project of the downtown, I think you said that. And then also March 23rd at Greenvale School, 
uh, from 6 to 8 p.m. And then I believe March 30th. Uh, 5.30 to 7.30 at 50 North. And I think all of that information will be on the city's website, and we can get that to you so you can be uh, sharing that as well. We really want to hear from people. And we have, it's the B2 team, Bob and Bruce, Mm -hmm. really out there listening to people, getting people involved, increasing the, the opportunities, going right where people gather to hear their feedback and input on these important development projects. Yeah, that, and that's really fascinating. Before uh, before I went on vacation, you had a, an open house for for some of the, inviting the uh, business owners, some of the downtown stakeholders, and I went to that. Very informative. I like the B&B group. We've got to get nice. them back on. Uh, but they do a very good job of explaining what their role is, and they also draw boundaries of what the role is not. <laughs> they're, uh, you know, they're, they're not the ones making the decisions. They're just offering up uh, opinions and suggestions and uh, some very interesting stuff, too. They've been doing this for a lot of years, and yeah. uh, it shows. They're good. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's great to hear. And um, I would say, too, if you've been invited and got, we are doing stakeholder meetings, but if, even if you've been to them, come back out again. Uh, encourage your friends and neighbors. This process, the council's reviewed it. It's going to, they're taking input related to some of these diagrams, concepts, and it's going to inform them to come back to the city council with some ideas on next steps. It's going to lead to actual real action too. So it's kind of early in that project process where you can have the most influence on uh, how, you know, things might transpire. It's one step, but it's an important one. So people can get out. That would be great uh, to these events. Yeah, Yeah. definitely worth going to. And you have uh, also the uh, state of the uh, city uh, coming up, and uh, huh. that's a, that's still a couple of weeks. Is it two weeks from tomorrow? Is that right? The twenty. What is well, today? I'm not sure. I'm deep in the or weeds. Yesterday, right? I think. Yeah. I, I think it's two weeks from yesterday. Yeah, it's from right. March 21st. It's a Tuesday evening. It's at the Carlton White Center. So we do this on a yearly basis, where mm-hmm. it's that comprehensive update to the community. It also includes some awards recognizing some really amazing public servants. Also, our Mayor for a Day essay contest winners, which I think you and, like, Rich were supposed to submit something on that. I think we went over that last year, Jeff. And uh, yeah, I know. You're and, uh, yeah. We didn't get picked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Your essay was just awful. Yeah. Um, it's uh, Rich of, is the writer, oh, by the way. Yes. Uh, the... Our youth in the community just do a really great job of submitting their essays and talking about like whatever it is the future of and engaging them when they're fourth and fifth grade really helps them to start thinking about that this is their community and it's just a great to be able to honor some of them. Um, we have a high school ethical leadership award. We have the Living Treasure Award. Just a lot of celebration of people in our community and recognize them. And um, we'll have some music too, I believe. So it'll be a fun night. All I right. would agree. We, uh, some people who have gone for the first time have been like, wow, this was actually really fun. And it's, it is. It's a kind of a celebration and it's entertaining. It's informational. There'll be a lot of city employees there. So if I'll be there. So we have, we have a little reception afterwards. If you want to ask all kinds of questions on what's going on, uh, there'll be a lot of public officials and city employees there, too. So yeah. I encourage you to come out and check it out. It's going to be a lot of fun. All right. Yeah. Thanks for being with us. Appreciate yeah. it. We'll talk to you again next week. I expect to see flowers, Jeff. <laughs> all right. We'll have flowers here. <laughs> all right. That is Northfield Mayor Rhonda Pownell and City Administrator Ben Mardig. 95.1 FM and AM 1080. KYMN Northfield. we got Tim and Rich coming up.
Minnesota News Network, I'm Brent Palm. University of Minnesota officials said during last